Hello weebs, new and old, and welcome to Gateway to the Anniverse, the podcast that aims to guide an anime novice through the weird, wide, and wonderful world of Japanese animation. My name is Sam, a self-proclaimed anime expert, and with me as always is my co-host Will. How are you for this special episode this week, Will? I am very good. I am very excited to uh, get into this episode. It's a big one. It's probably... I think this is the biggest episode we've ever done, to be honest. Um, I'd agree. We started off over a year ago talking about anime and one of our first episodes episode two was about attack on titan and we watched the first three mm. episodes it was my first experience of attack on titan and that's all i had to go off so if you haven't heard that episode there's a plug for previous episodes go back and listen to that that was back when i had no idea really what anime was my only experience was really childish sort of shonen stuff that was just all flashy and everything. Not that this isn't flashy. It's very flashy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And over over the year, we've we've discussed it briefly at periods. We had a whole episode about season one. But now... Yeah, we did our revisited back then. And now it's coming up to... It's coming up to the final season, as in the second part of season four, right? Is that the yep, correct way to say it? And yep. I, we're both all caught up. Um, so we thought we'd get Making together. This maybe the first time that we'll... Mm-hmm. is caught up fully on a series as it's airing yes which is incredible it like, is this is this is the true weeb journey this is endgame yeah and and clearly you know i i'm not i've not done this just for the podcast i've, I've watched this fairly consistently over the, over the year to try and to, because i just love this story it's it's yeah. we don't we don't need to explain to anyone listening to this how big attack on titan is and how well um how colossal it is hey how colossal it is (laughs) um and it managed to hook me an absolute noob and novice into this world so for those of you that don't know here on the podcast we talk about anime i come at it from the perspective of a of a noob um, and novice because i didn't I, I never really was that interested in anime. And Sam is the weeb of weebs. He's the king of the weebs, um, in my opinion. And he Put comes at it. CV. He comes at it from the point of view of an expert. And he tries to show me, you know, a wide and varied diet of uh, anime. And each week we discuss a different show. This week, obviously, is a little bit different. We are just going to mm. um, pick apart uh, Attack on Titan as a whole um, and just get us get ourselves really excited for this final part this final segment installment of of the whole series yeah we thought what we'd do is we'd revisit and look back over the entire franchise up until now so we're going to be talking in sporadics about season ones through four we'll be talking about twists and turns and characters and fights and stuff so obviously major spoilers oh yeah from this point onwards um it's not going to be an in-depth tooth comey examination of the show it's just going to be for our sake kind of to hype ourselves up and to get really excited for the finale that's on the way yeah it's uh it's going to be interesting and just just to caveat that with w- there's no spoilers from the manga in this we haven't read yep. well i haven't read the manga you haven't read the manga either i've read the manga <gasps> but i are you stopped trust me yeah the attack on titan community as a whole was laser focused on making sure spoilers don't leak so i'm yeah. well trained in the art of okay. keeping people spoiled. You better be, boy. You better be. <laughs> oh, so you know how it ends. Oh, that's... Yeah. I feel like that's not as good. Knowing how good this show is, like, I, I'm excited to go in blind. Like, the best part about season... About about a lot of this, and it's one of the first things we're going to talk about, is is going in 
and being misdirected and sort of having these twists yeah. and turns be revealed. And obviously you will have had them revealed in the manga, but I think just having that impact of visually is really, really a cool experience. Anyway, let's get into it. We'll, uh, you guys, I hope you're in for a, 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 you're in for a bumpy ride and I hope you enjoy it. So, um, let's get into it. All right, so we're going to jump into the first thing we're going to talk about. And I think what we'll aim for first is who has the best character arc, because that is the kind of sweeping topic that we can talk about that will span most of the show. Mm. So who do you want to start with? Do we start with the big boy, with Aaron Yeager? Mr. Yeager himself. Um, Why not? Let's get in. Let's get into Aaron from from the beginning of season one. (laughs) Like... this again goes to the just the 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 growth of this show it exponentially expands so quickly over these four seasons and there's obvious obviously there's time jumps there are um Mm -hmm. sort of rapid fire successions of how things are played out we get a lot of backstory like one of the one of the recap videos that i watched did a timeline of everything and the first like 60% 60% of the video happened before episode one of C- of Attack on Titan because of all of the stuff that comes before that. we that, find out later. That we find yeah. out later on. Um, it's, a, it's an incredible situation to be in where you start episode one three quarters of the way through a plot. Even through, more through than story, that, really. Yeah. Um, if you're thinking on timeline, like it all happens within 10 years of Eren's life because he's the main character. Um, and then yeah. there's so much that happens before that. Um yeah outstanding and we when we first looked at the show uh, mm. we said that we didn't really like Aaron all that much because he was just a bit of a screamy shouty protagonist who wasn't very proficient but as he develops over the course of the show his number one drive up until i would say the end of season three is always that kill all the titans kill all the titans kill all the titans and we mm. get to see some genuine moments of his ideal to do that clashing with the reality around him like what happens when he's powerless to achieve that and the trials that he goes through and the ways that he improves going from just a guy who will hurl himself into danger to a guy who's using complicated and complex martial arts moves to take down opponents bigger and stronger than him even to the use of strategy and the use of um and environmental awareness that we see in the final season mm. if we're using a measuring stick for Aaron one of the best ways to see the impact of his character arc is his combat prowess mm. from season one up to the final. Yeah. Season. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, um, yeah, like we're, I'm, I've just got images because but basically, yeah, oh, I don't even know where to go with this. Aaron, up until season, the end of season three, is still looking at it through the lens of not knowing much about the outside world. He's quite... Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily naive, but well, he's naive to that fact, but he's, he's, he's also just, he's got these child lenses on where he just wants to destroy Titans because they destroyed yeah. his home. It's just this gun ho. He, he develops and he loses a lot of battles. I think that's good as well. He oh, loses yeah. a lot of fights and you see him get battered and bruised and go through all this turmoil, both, both emotionally and physically to a point where like you genuinely feel for this kid you just want him to have a win yeah. <laughs> you just want him to yeah you just, you just want him to have a give win. that kid a w <laughs> yeah um 
And I think that's perfectly encapsulated in the the moment where he's in the is it the Reese family in the underground crystal cave? Yeah, and he's just chained oh, up. Yeah, and he just he gives up. It's rare to see a protagonist actually give up and actually, and not be able to pick themselves back up. And it's thanks to his friends rallying to him and pulling him back together, calling him a dick to stand up, <laughs> calling him a dick. Yep. Yeah, kicking him, punching him, <laughs> cutting his forehead. <laughs> but he pulls himself back together, and then he finally gets that that delicious W mm. by going in fighting with his friends against the the giant flaming titan. Um, and I think that that's a good moment. Yeah, in terms of the arc, though, mm. at the end of season three, yeah, there's a very significant shift yes. in Aaron. At the end of season three, going into season four, um, we are it, we we are time jumped what three years ahead, something yeah. like that. Um, and Aaron's personality has completely shifted. We see him; he's got long hair now, so therefore we know he's had a change in character. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> And, and he's sexy. He's got a 10-pack. He's got a 10-pack. He's rugged. He's dark. He's battle-worn. He's mm. he's just this... I, I love Dark Aaron. I absolutely... He's a ghost of his former self, but he's, he's brought about by his circumstances and other things. And like you said, like it is so interesting to mm. see shouty, screamy anger boy it's so nice to have him not doing that manipulative yeah just he's just he's just turned he's just turned dark he's now he's now he's got this philosophy that he's developed with zeke and he's he's just become disenfranchised with his whole belief system and everything that they stood for and mm. honestly that scene when he confronts mikasa and armin, oh, and armin. oh my god I it's around the table. So, um, so obviously, I, I watched this in a weird way. I watched all the way up to about four, four or five. I think it was six episodes into the first part of season four, and I watched all the way up to that and left the last six episodes because I just sort of got fatigued with it. It was amazing, but I watched them almost back to back, season by season, and mm-hmm. I got to that point and I just had a massive break. So going back for this podcast, I had to watch. I watched basically the movie again, the recap movie. The recap and, movie, yeah, 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 yeah. Which brilliant for doing that. They should. Are they going to bring out? They they need to bring out a from there on to the end movie as well, or a final season recap. Maybe. Like I just, I'm just thinking. Like if we got together, it'd be so cool to watch two movies back to back and watch the to entire sequence of Attack on Titan, like we've done with Star Wars and stuff in the past. Maybe we could watch the the the, fir- the first movie and then season. The, the whole of season four. How many hours would that be? That um, top- I think that in terms of recap movies, I think there's a few more as well, isn't there? There's, they've got season one and then they've got, oh. I think for each season they've got a recap movie. I'm fairly confident they do. Um, Cause it was a big thing over here um, when each one was released. But yeah, that would be sick just to sit down and just binge all of Titan in a condensed form. Cause yeah. it just shows off the highlights. Yeah. Um, but to round out the discussion on Aaron, oh, I think yeah. he is a very, <laughs> interesting arc i think it's it's bold of the author to put his character through the ringer like this and then to have your protagonist change so drastically and and really 
not give any cards to the reader or the viewer mm. about why he's doing these things. We have to find out through secondary characters why he's starting to think like this and change like this. But and that's so a- mature, isn't it? That's su- such a sort of mature approach to it because they could just have him exposit a load of stuff. But his character isn't about self... De- like he's not he's not doing it for himself he's not this ostentatious character that is just lording himself above people he genuinely is just like i'm done with this and this is what i'm doing and i'm not telling anyone like fuck you like just fuck you um literally like from that point onwards the barriers up but we don't get any inner monologue from Aaron. no again it, it, it's it's an incredible character I, I think the the voice actor in the dub i know you you will have watched sub but i think the voice yeah. actor kills it i think all credit to him. Um, I think you just get this, like you just, he makes your skin crawl a little bit. It's just this, like you don't yeah. want, you don't want to be close to this guy. He just seems to be lost. Dangerous. He's dangerous and he's lost. Like that, when, that the, if we're talking about that, again, season four is just a war and Aaron is prepared to do whatever it takes. Absolutely anything. Like he throws mm-hmm. his entire organized oh my god just even the, the the twists and turns in season four like we yeah he, he, he infiltrates marley and raises the colossal not the colossal titan he, he just turns into titan form and destroys the whole presentation thing Kills even willie tiber not willie what <laughs> the guy giving the big speech on the stage who's like oh, yeah. he knows that he's about to get oh totally yeah. destroyed and he's oh. just there screaming to try and rally the peoples of the world and then Aaron just chomps him yeah one mouthful like even at that point I'm still rooting for Aaron because like all right Mm. it's getting dark it's getting sinister but like he's still and he's not he's not worrying about casualties he's just it's war and he's fully accepting Mm. that and I'm like okay this is gritty this is dark I don't necessarily agree with what he's doing but I'm still rooting for his overall Mm. character because we've spent so much time with him to this point, like you feel almost indebted into um, rooting for the Paradisians because they are who we've followed and seen struggle and everything up until this point. And now suddenly the script is flipped and yeah. they are inflicting onto Marley what they have suffered mm. for so long. And it, it's such an interesting question to pose to a consumer of this media of okay, but you didn't cheer when this happened to our protagonists and now that they're doing it to other people, <laughs> mm. are you cheering? Yeah. And it's it's a great way to bring that all together and to kind of have a, almost a bit of a moral dilemma. Yeah, sitting at the it is a moral dilemma. Mind. And it, it's it's what's beautiful about it is that it's, they sort of, you weren't expecting it, especially going into Attack on Titan as a general piece of media. From season one, you had your concept. Oh you had your concept mm. and they just completely pulled the rug and was like, no, actually we're going to talk about Surprise. the, we're, we're going to talk about war. And is there ever, ever any winners in when it comes to war? And we're going to talk about um, perspective in war. You know, no one sees themselves as the bad guys. There is just mm, shades w- of gray, just shades of gray on one side versus another. People have set two sides of the same coin effectively. And is there ever, a, is there ever a good outcome to war? And it's like, pfft, your mind blows you, you start questioning everything you do in life like it's it's it, it's such a good way 
to get people thinking like this because it's the same in every yeah. situation not just in war like we look at the twitter sphere and we look at the the hate and the oh, arguments and, and everything that goes on in in social media and it's that mm-hmm. it's just that like dude you don't know everything you don't know nobody yeah. no one person knows everything and perspective is nine tenths of an argument and you need to some yeah. some people need to take a breath and just not go gun-ho, let's attack this person, attack this concept, attack whatever, attack this belief. Attack Just this titan. Attack this. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. Damn. Yeah. yeah. No, you, you make a really good point. And speaking of perspectives um, of a war and of the war that happens, mm. I can't think of anybody's arc and perspective that is quite as interesting as Zeke's. Yeah. We are first introduced to the Zeke or the Beast Titan, and he's just a weird Titan. He's a special Titan. We know that he is an aberrant because he can talk, and he's covered in hair and fur, and he's different from everything. And his movement from aberrant um, Titan into a tangible antagonist who is throwing rocks and turning people into red clouds of dust, (sighs) then into a double agent against Marley and for Paradis and then again as a triple agent against both of them yeah. with Eren yeah. is fascinating. And normally I wouldn't kind of I wouldn't say that I'm rooting for Zeke, but I find him very interesting as an antagonist because we get that backstory at the mm. end of season three where we get to the basement. Honestly, one of the best reveals in the show I feel. Yes. And we immediately flash back to Zeke's upbringing and Zeke's life of what happened with his father and what happened to kind of create this weapon and why he's disillusioned with the idea of the Paradisians as devils and why he thinks that his plan must succeed. I think he works so well as a counterforce to Eren because he is the cold calculating type that accounts for every situation. Him him and Eren have somehow come to the same conclusions um that the, it's it's just better for everybody if the the Eldians Eldians the Eldians stop procreating. They just need to stop and then over time everyone every everything will be okay. We're not going to brutalize them, we're not going to murder them. We're just going to Stop them having children so that this whole problem goes away. This whole problem it's will die out. Get rid of the Titans. The, the Titans go away. The, the race go away. And everyone can just move on. Like, people are never going to accept them. And I think that's cleverly done because th- there's always that question as to when does a character become unredeemable? And they very much made the Eldian race unredeemable by thousands of years of murder and control and wiping out civilizations and Mm -hmm. cultures and pure dominance so they very much try to go down the line of no no they they did do these horrible things they did do this these horrific acts the question then becomes doesn't it is how far removed from that until forgiveness comes into it and in the eyes of marley never no amount of time yeah could pass which would make them forgive the eldians whereas now the Eldians are the Stepton race, but they have this demonic power to turn into the Titans. And, and I think that's partly partly where Eren's sort of blankness and emptiness comes from in this series, because he 
has all the time been fighting for what he believes is his right. And then he's, and now he's sort of going, I'm, I'm part of this. I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. And I've gone about this all wrong. Like I've just been fueling the fire. I've just been going about it the complete Mm -hmm. wrong way. And really it's just better for everyone if we just get rid of us. We're just, we are. It's a dark and difficult decision to come to in order to fulfill his desire. His desire to get rid of all the Titans can only be accomplished by genociding an entire race, essentially. Yeah, is it genocide? Is it genocide? Like, uh, Zeke then coming up with the idea of uh, by yeah. sterilizing them means that it's not instant. Mm. It's not something yeah. that's on the same scale as like mass murder, but it is over a longer period of time, so they can live out the rest of their lives in peace. Mm. But the issue comes from you are still then sentencing an entire race of people to die out. Yeah, and that's our protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to Zeke then, Zeke's like the evolved version of Eren at this stage because he's sort of gone through what it. Your Eren's like, evolving. Yeah. Little, little, well, it is, isn't it? Because he's done. he's developed this theory in isolation away from Eren and he's it, this is what he's been fighting for this whole time and he's played both sides. And mm. I think that that confidence in his ideology... And do you know what? You said that he's calculating and he's... He's got this cold calculation where he's 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 not worried about casualties. He just believes he does have he he does have an a a balanced a, a horrific but mm. balanced solution. Like it's not you can deliberate forever whether it's morally acceptable to do this. Yeah, the answer is probably no. But <laughs> but as a solution, it is elegant. It does mm. does solve the problem, and it does do from it. that it makes the argument really believable, and it makes his character really believable because you could see you can see that yeah okay you're a villain, but it your motivation is is believable it's from a good place, and that's what makes a good villain. A good villain yeah. shouldn't be somebody who's evil for the sake of evil. It should be somebody who is a trying to do good but doing it in the wrong way, or is misguided in trying to fix a problem by doing it in a difficult and morally ambiguous way i think i i mm-hmm. get your point i just don't th- I, I think it depends on what you want from your story i think it what you want from your protagonist what you want from your arc uh because mm. i don't think you always need a brilliant villain to tell a brilliant story i think harry potter is a prime example voldemort's an absolutely terrible villain in regards mm. he's just an evil for the sake of being evil but mm. he allows the narrative to around it to be written and yeah it, but like in this situation if you're gonna have these you know perspective shifts you need that those perspectives to be believable so in this story yes you need a compelling villain that has those mm. really interesting motivations yeah yeah so are there any other big arcs that affected you throughout the story um i would argue mika said armin armin's maybe the closest to having a detailed arc most characters kind of stall and stay the same the only real big shift is that between seasons three and four like jean and the rest of the uh, survey corps basically come to terms with having to kill humans and like that's mm. a big part of season three but i wouldn't say that their characters actually develop and change all that much the exception being armin after colossal titan bowl 
on the, yeah, on the yeah. roof. And maybe Levi, again, post-basement raid. Yeah, I think if you go, if we're going back to like things that we find out later on, his whole arc of going with, um, what's his name? The, his uncle, um, Kenny. Kenny. Yeah. I love Kenny. Yeah. That's his uncle, right? Uh, no, he's just a random dude. I thought no, he, he is no, Ackerman. He, he, he's he, he, he is. He is. He's he's his he's his mum's sis, mum's brother. He, he goes. Yes, he is. He, he is. But but um, Levi never knows that. I don't think. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he ever tells him. Um, I just I just I know that from one of the recap videos. So if if it's not not quite correct, blame that, that person, not me. <laughs> so yeah, if you're going back right to the beginning of his story, his mum was a prostitute, and he sort of was left on death's door. Then he goes to Kenny, learns, learns all these skills, fights against the core. He's he's very mm. much like that's what he's trained to do, and then he gets recruited into the core and has that massive arc of just becoming this be- the best, uses those skills to become Humanity's the best. strongest. Yeah. Oh. And again, like, oh my God, in season four, when he's faced with all, when all his comrades are turned into Titans oh. with Zeke's scream. And he just... And he just goes, he just, you see the switch flick. Yeah. Did you think that Dude, I would yes. stop just because they were my subordinates? Yeah. Bang! And oh. you just it just cuts to them all dead. I thought he just like zipped out of there, but no, he just brutally murders. Shredded them. Ah, oh. and then like you see that pain come back when he goes to town on Zeke, chopping his not just chopping his limbs off, chopping his toes off, then his feet, and just slow, oh. just causing that pain. And then dude strings a my man up to a thunder spear. And, and like sticks it in his gut, like yeah. there's there's no love left. It's the last of his empathy died in that forest. It did, it did, and it, it and and everyone on both sides are just doing things that they would never normally do. It it's like um what's what's the, it's that slow progression. You become desensitized, don't you? So mm. every time you make a small step, that becomes the norm, and then it's like, well, this is okay. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Oh, okay. Well, I've done that now, so maybe that that's okay. <laughs> but I shouldn't do yeah. this. And slowly, you see these characters just do anything and everything, apart yeah. from Armin. And well, well, no. To be fair, he does entire harbor. He, he does. You're right. Yeah, he's done a lot of horrific things as well. But he's always thought it's. Mm, yeah, yeah. Armin. Armin has always been sort of this non-combatant and he is then used quite darkly to destroy a it's, lot of things with the colossal titan power. Mm, it's really interesting with Armin as well, which when I was going back through and finding different highlights, Armin is the first non-Levi member of the core to actually kill somebody. It's during the Eren kidnapping um, mm. and it's Kenny, Kenny versus Levi. And John hesitates against one of Kenny's uh, squad and right, Armin's yeah. the one who pulls the trigger and mm. kills the person so mm. I think that's quite interesting for Armin because he's always coming across as this innocent uh, he's really childish. pulling the strings he, he's really yeah, the- almost he's kind of the one who's ready to take that first dark to be, step to be fair he's he's also been praised as this tacticianer this military sort of potential um He's got his this you know I, genius IQ level. He can, he can sort of see things in the big picture and do the, has a, a, some really good strategy. Um, 
and a lot of that strategy will involve a lot of death. It will, you know, he's he's he knows he he again is quite calculating. Um, he just he, he seem. I think we've always given him a pass because of yeah. his soft nature, and he always seems concerned with protecting. I just want people. to see the ocean. Yeah, I just want my friends to be okay. He blows up a harbor. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I, I'm. I'm coming around to that. I, in, yeah, maybe he's not. It's an interesting way to frame it, right? Because yeah. you think, uh, like, when I thought back and I went, oh, yeah, Armin, soft boy Armin, good boy Armin. He's just wanting to keep things safe. And then actually, no, looking at it, he's the one who gets dark very quickly mm. each time. Yeah. Mm. Um, I guess we then we then sort of give him another pass because he literally burns himself alive um and <laughs> kills himself in order to bring down the colossal titan um you know he he does sacri- he is that sacrificial lamb as well in in certain circumstances but they all are aren't they like i'm sure Eren sacrifices yeah. himself at times mikasa goes gun so expendable people <laughs> yeah. um poor marco marco <laughs> is that the guy in when does mark Marco die. He dies right at the start, but then they, through flashbacks, he gains all this extra importance as being like bestie mates with yeah. Uh, yeah. Reiner in Berthold, and they have to silence him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The last arc that I want to talk about before we go into. Flock Forster. <laughs> Fuck off, Flock. <laughs> Say it with me, chat. God, um, the last arc that I really want to talk about is Reiner, because okay, if we're thinking about secondary characters and also in terms of developing the world around us, mm. I think Reiner has that perspective, and there is a lot of time focused on his rise through Marley into Paradise and then mm. back again, and seeing truly what the tolls of war can have on a person to the fact that he completely mentally shuts off one side of his personality in order to survive essentially and the suffering that this man goes through is and we even see it in the in the final season when he fights with Eren again there's nothing left in him he's done as and it's just watching this man break from repeated failure and loss and struggle it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think he's he comes to the same moral dilemma that um Aaron and Zeke potentially come to, except he he's in a position of power and he just can't pick a side. He doesn't he he doesn't I th- that's that's my conclusion that he does he can't pick a side. He, he's loved people on both sides, lost people on both sides, and it's just worn him down to the point where he just doesn't doesn't agree with either prince either moral standpoint and can't come to terms with the the, the heinous things that he's done in the past mm. whereas zeke and aaron they both feel persecuted and have come from a position of like subordination and they've risen up and that strength has meant that they'll keep going no matter what and they'll keep yeah pushing forward um yeah keep moving forward yeah it's it's an it's it's yeah. Oh god, the character depth of this show. Like <laughs> that's something that just keeps you hooked all the yeah, way through. And absolutely. arguably, like the first three seasons, like we talk about how this speeds up so much. Like there's so much happens in season four. 
um so mm. far like you could you could up until the last few episodes of season three when you get those reveals you could summarize it in a sentence or two with just titans attack they're defending the mm. cities and there seems to be some people who can turn into titans do you want to go into twists next because yeah attack on titan and especially i kind of want to link it to the reiner's character arc um, okay yeah thing because attack on titan like we said starts off with the very it's monsters we're fighting to survive we're fighting against this um impossible enigma of the titans and at the end of season three like we've already said the rug gets pulled and it's at that point that i would say reiner becomes the secondary protagonist because from that point onwards we get so much more focus on him mm. and what he's doing back in Mali and his backstory and his flashbacks that I would say that it, and that's all in course to accommodate the new direction of the show and the change in the genre of the show yeah so that big twist that facilitates that is the one that people have been wondering about since almost the very first chapter or the very first episode. Yeah. What will is in Aaron Yeager's basement? <laughs> well, in Aaron's basement, there are a lot of skeletons. Um, and they have a death day party. No, um, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a book, isn't it? Really? It's a book, um, mm-hmm. a diary, um, revealing the outside world, revealing the story of how the islanders on, um, Paradis was were taken there by one of the kings it, and persecuted by the Malian race because of heinous crimes that they'd all committed. I don't know. It basically t- it tells us, reveals everything to our viewer and to our protagonist and mm-hmm. opens up the other side. There's literally an entire other world of events and history it's and crazy isn't it that, that, that like it's just it, it's almost like it just blows your mind because from their perspective the whole world is them versus the titans and then they're finding out yep. that not only is that so insignificant that they're actually killing their own people mm. they're killing people uh, eldians eldians who've been turned into titans and sent towards them and then they're taking them out like this is the big grand purpose and like you you think back to the first few episodes when um erin watches the serve the survey corps is it the survey corps that go out and explore um and they come back and they're beaten and battered battered and people have died Mm. and they're handing limbs to their family and it seems so raw and like and it's like this is nothing like this this is so small scale compared to everything that's gone on and everything that's you're about to find out and it yeah it's so clever from a narrative point because it starts off and it it invests you in this conflict in this tiny place in this insignificant corner of the world and we understand what it's like to live a day in the life of one of these people so Mm. then the reveal that outside forces are tinkering with it and making it and propagating it there's another enemy there's another enemy and it's not just a bigger badder enemy it's a completely different shift and mm. t- changes the genre, changes everything. It turns into a political spy thriller for a military. Point. Still, the yeah. Titan battles are there, but we now suddenly deal with 
advanced technologies, like in post-industrial revolution tech, we have blimps, we've got guns, we've got trains, and this is all normal for the outside world. But for Paradis, it's it's nothing. I I cannot think of a bigger payoff to no. a twist that actually lands as well as it does it's incredible and it, again when we look at like moral perspectives we start to follow a lot of the characters in marley so we we look at it from their perspective and we start to see the eldian race as they see them a little bit and we see the he, he that their perspective and how they're treated and we get one of my favorite characters introduced here let's should we talk about gabby i think it's time to talk about gabby <laughs> uh, okay so man the internet hates gabby okay is it because so is it because they just remind she just reminds everybody of young erin yeager because like she is just a, an angry she's shouty just person she's Aaron. just she's just erin like she's even got dark mm. dark hair big eyes she's this shouty little um, she wants to kill all she the wa- Eldians. She wants to kill all the Eldians. Like, you could literally just swap out Eldians for Titans. Um, Arguably, her dream and Eren's dream are the same. Yeah. Eren wants to kill all the Titans. All Titans are Eldians. <laughs> Gabby wants to kill all the Eldians. All Eldians are Titans. Mm. There you I'm go. I'm just saying. That you should just team no, up. No, I think yeah. the big back. I think the big backlash for Gabby does come from what you said about reminding people of one-dimensional screamy shouty Erin but mm. also I she committed the unthinkable and the unforgivable <laughs> act yeah she killed a waifu <laughs> oh my god I knew blood. that's what, I knew that's what it would be dude <laughs> it's pathetic that's war man like she's, she's I think it's great that she did that and I think it's amazing that like I think when I first watched that those first six episodes i hadn't got to the bit where she finds out what's she called sorry I've, i know i should remember sasha sasha wow sorry you are gonna get raked across the cold oh, mate. Shit, mate i don't care um <laughs> like I, I i don't even i'm gonna be very careful about what i say here i don't even get the whole sasha thing like she likes food it's funny and she's got like okay I can see your reaction. Look, (laughs) Look, man, I get it. Some people don't like Sasha. That's okay. I don't like her. She's just a, a, she hasn't got the screen time that deserves, that warrants this massive love love for her. her. I don't think she's, I don't think she's there enough to really invest that much into her. And I think she's quirky in the beginning of season one. And then from then we get like very, very small references to her i don't see her oh yeah, no we, she does have that arc just... she does have that arc when she goes back home we see her past yeah with the bow and arrow the bow and arrow stuff yeah um so there is there is that but mm, still don't know if it's enough anyway uh gabby kills her and then goes to live with her with her family <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i don't think the first in my first watch i, I clocked it. the connection and it was on rewatching. i'm like oh this is oh oh man. i am waiting but and i think potentially she needed a redemption there like you see her go through these emotions and then she just falls no, back I on like her beliefs it. i i it's seeing somebody who is so indoctrinated by a system just constantly thrash against it and in any other time i would say yeah that's unrealistic why would this person believe 
what what the man has told her so vehemently, even when she's seeing evidence before her very eyes that that's not true. And yet I look out into the world around us today, Will, (laughs) and I see Gabby's everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. But I, I do enjoy the conflict that kind of comes from that because Gabby, you can't talk about Gabby and not talk about Falco, Mm. who is this poor lad who's just been swept up into a very similar situation that Rhino was in. Yes. But he, he's trying to do better and Rhino wants him to do better. And Falco is observing the enemy. He's seeing these devils and he's understanding that there can be good in these people. Falco is the person you strive to be. Gabby is the person that unfortunately tends to persist. Yeah. And they're the ones that make like Falco is almost setting up, set up to fail because he doesn't have, because by not having that, downright a certainty about your belief system you then you're not gonna be as effective like gabby is effective because she is this um larger than life one track mind character and she will go gung-ho forwards with it whereas yeah. if you are more balanced you're just never gonna have that impact it's like it's like the the quiet majority, isn't it? Um, in, in on Twitter, on in society, it's always the loudest people that are heard. It's always the loudest people mm. that get things sort of moving. But regardless, um, Gabby, I, I like how I like how they use Gabby to bring about Sasha's father's reaction. I like the fact that he gives that whole "We're the adults. We need to like we can't like we at the end of the day, this. these are children." they've been brainwashed they've been they've been funneled through a belief system on every side like we yeah. on on the eldian side on everyone's got their own agendas and bringing their children up to believe a certain way and we can't hold that against them that's the adults fault we need to be bigger than that and make these mm. changes so that they don't like if 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 a if a if a child's soldier kills someone you can't blame that child. Like you, you literally can't. Like that is their whole. It's like it's like blaming a child for believing in Santa Claus. Like mm. no, that's what you've. That's that's the whole you taught shtick. Mm. Yeah. So I I don't know. I don't, I don't hate Gabby. I what she grinds on me as much as young Erin grinded on me um, with the mm. shoutiness of it all. And you've convinced me with that argument that. She doesn't back down her, with her beliefs, no matter what she sees to the contrary. Um, yeah. Mm. She's a good character, and I think she's a very well-written character. It's just that she's not very likable. And that's where a lot of fans have <laughs> stumbled. It's the fact Dude, that they can't... They... There are a lot of unlikable characters in this show. There are a lot of <laughs> unlikable characters. Like, who wants likable characters as their antagonists? I mean, exactly. the, one of the best, one of the best, again, you know, my mainstream brain goes to Harry Potter. The be- One of the best characters in that entire series is Umbridge because she's so hated mm. and she's so villainous and she's got this, like, she's a way better villain. She's the best villain in the series. Uh, and, but people hate her with a passion mm. and that's what makes it good. Um, yeah. 
But unfortunately, I feel a lot of the discourse that was surrounding Gabby mm. uh, during the show's premiere and will probably continue as we uh, go into the final season. They can't see the wood for the trees. And just because you don't like Gabby for yeah. what she did to Sasha or for her belief system, suddenly bad character do not right, want yeah. it. That doesn't mean that she's not well written because she's extremely well written. And the writer was very careful to pull all yeah. of those threads together but her purpose in the show is is evident like she's needed yeah in the, in this to keep the the plot going the way it is and i think it's mm. going to be really interesting to see because at the minute when we've left season four midway through is she still with erin yes so at the very end of season four part one we have most of the main players all gathered together in one of the cities on Paradise, and Marley is flying in overhead. Oh so yeah, she's yeah, she's right with there as as the Jaegerists. Uh, yeah, the Jaegerists. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to call these people the Jaegerists. Okay, um, sure. Too many flashbacks to too many shots of an awful, awful spirit. And all, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the Jaegerists. Which, okay, let's move into Titans. Let's move yep. into okay. Titans. We have nine Titans. Erin has three of them at this stage. Um, mm-hmm. But individually, I want us to dec- to come out with who, which Titan we would want. So we've got... Okay. We've got the founding Titan. Yeah. Which, who can control, who can brainwash and control other Titans, right? Yep. And you can manipulate the memories of... Aliens. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got the Attack Titan, who yep. we don't really see a lot of individually, right? Prior. Yeah. yeah. We we see Mr. Jaeger, who does the whole warship thing. Yeah. And obviously Eren. Yeah. Uh, with it as well. Oh, and uh, Grisha. Grisha. Which one's Grisha? Uh, Eren's dad. Oh, right. Yeah. I thought that was Mr. Jaeger. So we see Mr. Them- Jaeger. <laughs> uh, Mr. Jaeger's the guy... On the at the port, who frees Grisha? Oh, um, and there are some hints there as to what the attack Titan is capable of. But what we really see of it in the show is that it is just strong and it yes. is it moves forward. Yeah. Then there's the Warhammer Titan, which Eren also has by the end of season four. Um, yep. Which is which can create anything through the Titan's hardening powers. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting that he. Because cause the Warhammer Titan comes from, it creates a, 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 they're not in the Titan itself, are they? They're sort of connected. Mm. But then that power doesn't, that, that that ability doesn't pass on to Eren. He seems to still be created in the same same form and same way that he was before. Um, yeah. And then you've got Armored Titan, which is Rainer by yep. the end. Still Rainer. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Female Titan, Colossal. Beast Titan. Cart Titan, yep. which I think we can just rule out. Um, what do you mean? That's what peak <laughs> performance looks like. <laughs> oh, that's it. We're, that's that's the best joke of the show. We, we, we're not, we'll end it there. That's fine. Peak performance. Yo. Right, okay. And then we've oh, got... Oh, dude, I was trying to find a way to work that in somehow, and I, just, I, I saw the stars align. <laughs> oh, I, it, I, th- I think you're giving it too much credit, to be honest, but... You know, well, well done. You know, ten out of ten for effort. Then we've got Jaw Titan, 
which is an yep. impressive piece of kit. Like he's this. Yeah, I didn't think it was very impressive until Marley, but yeah, comes back around. Well, until uh, until we Porco. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Um, no, I think that's it. I think that's all nine. Okay, mm. who's your favourite? My favourite, uh, <laughs> peeking her massive ass. <laughs> I I think that the armored titan should be way better than it is. It's just that Rhino sucks in controlling it and using it. Oh, really? Like, because we through the flashbacks we find out that he was kind of the runt. He was, yes, yeah. And as was Zeke. There's there's a lot of Aryan sort of blonde kids that all blur into one when we do the flashbacks. <laughs> there's like, yeah. we, we get introduced to the, you know, the traitor that uh, goes off on the ship. The one that then leads a lot of the stuff later on. The blonde, oh, blonde the woman. No, the blonde woman who traps the... the t- oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember her name. She though. leads those sort of... Uh, Very what, tall. Yes, yeah. She when we when we get her in season four, she looks a lot like Armin. She looks a lot like Armin with the sort she of bl- bl- like blonde hair and stuff, and she's got the fake beard on. And I'm like, who's this supposed to be? And then so we've got blonde people everywhere. We've got Zeke. We've got um, Reiner. We've got um, I don't know who else. I the just... third Reich wants to know your location. <laughs> All these Aryans in one place. Well, it, it, it just yeah, and like we keep flashing back to when they're children, and it's like. Who who is which little blonde boy is this? Um anyway. Yeah, so what we were saying? Uh yeah, Rhinus sucks and that's why the armored titan sucks, because he's basically impervious. We we see him be able to shake off blades easily. The only real way people get through to him is the attack titan using a bunch of tactical holds on him and about thirty thunder spears blasted into him. But even that doesn't kill him because yeah. he moves his consciousness into his little toe or something to survive. <laughs> like the armored Titan is insane, but Reiner's willpower by the time we meet him in the series is so shot that he just can't use it to its full potential. I feel. Yeah, I no, I would, I would agree with that. I think he, he's, we can see what he can do. Like that first time he burst through the gate, just the sheer air pressure of him sprinting through knocks things flying for miles like he is he is a force of nature when he applies himself in the right way but i don't think reiner knows how to apply himself in that right way yeah i think a lot of the stuff he's 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 not necessarily apart since that initial attack he's not necessarily forward thinking enough to plan how he's going to use it to the best of its ability whereas i think on the flip side you've got annie who knows exactly what her skill set is and yeah uses it to its full potential like she's potentially a lot weaker compared to the armored but you'd rather have her on your team because she knows how to get every ounce out of that titan absolutely yeah it's a very good comparison them two and i think reiner is lucky in a lot of situations and reactive and uses his mm. power you know by happenstance it's like oh shit i'm in this situation i'd better do this quick um, transform mm. I wouldn't want to be colossal because yeah. as good as it is to be able to turn into a 50 meter tall monolith that causes an almost nuclear blast every time, 
when are you going to use that that's not going to destroy everyone and everything that you hold well, dear? Also, also, everybody's going to be gunning for you first because you're the biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you used that effectively, it is unstoppable. I, I don't, mm. I don't, I think, I think the way they destroy, it, it does a lot of standing around. It does a lot of standing around when it's, when Berthold is, is the colossal. I think you, if you, if you're clever, you just swipe, you swipe early, yeah. you swipe quick. Also the, the nuclear blast, that seems to just happen later on. Like it doesn't happen at the beginning. Like, yeah, when he first transforms. When he first, yeah, when Berthold just, is doing he it. pops up. When Berthold is doing it, I don't know if he ever has that. It. He gets it once. Right. And that's when Zeke, <laughs> one of my favourite attacks in the whole show, when Zeke is the Beast Titan, throws Berthold inside of a barrel <laughs> above Eren's hometown, and then he yeah. just goes nuclear in midair. It's mm. so funny. Yeah. But like... We see we see him appear twice outside of the wall, right mm. up close, right up close to the wall, like to the point where he's face to face with Eren, and there is no explosion. I'd say maybe it's the instruction he's going for. So in those moments, it's destroy the entrance to the wall. Whereas, because yeah. we know that the Colossal Titan's secondary power isn't just size, but it's heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And giving off as much as possible. So I guess in those second, more explosive transformations, the focus of the transformation is as much energy as possible, go. Yeah, and it just it just goes... slims down. But if, if you've got that choice, you've got that argument that, like, you know, you can control that explosion. So it wouldn't necessarily be, oh, every time I transform, mm. I'm going to destroy everything. Because um, it's clearly Valid, yes. You just need a bit of space. Hoisted by my own petard. Mm. Yeah, that 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 was my only thought process. But um, yeah, I wouldn't particularly like it because I, I, it's it's not as interesting as it's not as fun and fighty as some of the others. Jaw Titan, Porco. Um, yeah, we find out that his jaws are incredibly strong that can break and claws that can break through the uh, what's it called the hardening. The hardening. Which is pretty cool. He's very bouncy. He's very yeah. He's very he's quick. Very agile. Probably the, fa- probably the I, fastest titan. I do like that power for for he's when whenever you look at like sports, I love the sort of ratty players that just like dart around everywhere and are quicker than everyone and are just nippy and will just get him in and out. I feel like he he has mm. that. I don't know whether he's a particularly good person to have it. I think he's a bit reckless and doesn't use it to get in and get out he tries to go toe-to-toe with people too much Um, yeah and gets absolutely rocked yeah so he's a pretty cool titan but uh yeah i like his form of the jaw better than ymir's form of the jaw because ymir's jaw titan isn't even really particularly jaw-y she's got sharp pointed teeth yeah she doesn't really use them all that much whereas porco has this huge like jutting monster mouth which is much more deserving of the title yes yeah no absolutely female titan we've already said is pretty badass and annie yep. uses that well i think she's the perfect pilot yep yeah it is pilot because this is just a mecha anime yeah <laughs> fuck you fight me <laughs> i don't know if you had to make a decision if you had to place an order for one of these titans who would you want uh you know i 
Go on, Maybe it means beast. nothing. You want beast? Yeah. Yeah. Because I just like how weird it is compared to all the other ones. <laughs> Fair. And just the idea that from what we've seen of it so far, we I can just that more animalistic transformation makes it a bit more unique than just big human with strange power. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's how about you? I think I would probably be going for the attack Titan. Just pure. You're so vanilla. I know. Well, it's not about vanilla. It's just that it's just the most exciting. No, it's not the most exciting. I just love punching. I just love, (laughs) I just love fighting. And that's the best one for fighting. Or the one he's based on an MMA fighter, like the, uh, the Titan design. That doesn't surprise me at all. There you go. That goes into it quite well for you. Yeah. Or, um, the Warhammer, because like being able to create stuff is uh, warhammer so cool I, that's is. my second choice my yeah. second choice is warhammer warhammer is dope i'll be a beast that eats the warhammer then i'll be a monkey with a sword <laughs> <laughs> yeah do it right sam i want to talk about ops because ops are one of the big thing in anime in general but also attack on titan ever since that first watch oh remember we were gonna i was gonna tear the ops but <laughs> of like my favorite ops and see if anything could knock attack on titan on and it just stayed up there for so long it was just for ages ingrained in my brain as a Mm. brilliant op and it was always the what's what's the expression the the pillar that was it was the things were pinnacle so what i want us to do is very very quickly talk about what you what your ranking is for the six ops that we get because look right this is this is a discussion. We can't we can't be necessarily we we, we we can't put the visuals up. People might not necessarily remember which one's which, but if you do, yep. people will have their favourites and people will have their least favourites. So I think the t- the two ends of the spectrum will give people enough discussion to to, to oh yeah satiate their op taste buds. I guess <laughs> weird mm, sentence. My delicious music taste buds in my mouth. <laughs> versus my ears okay op1 given no human yeah by link to rising what do you think that is my number one absolutely absolutely it's my it's my number one because of that because of what it meant at that time it's the nostalgia more than anything it can't be knocked off regardless of how good anything else is so it's it's almost it's almost um a cop-out it is a cop-out i guess that it means what it means for this show and what it sh- what it does for the show going forward, I think, is just incredible. The visuals are impressive. The that sense it's of synonymous grandiose. with Attack on Titan. Yes, right. Yeah, exactly. You think Ob One, you think uh, Linked Horizon. You think Ob One. Mind. What's Ob One? What's Ob One got to do with <laughs> Attack on Titan? He would absolutely kill it in the Star Wars in, in the Star Wars universe in the Attack on Titan universe. Oh my God! You swap out. You swap out ODM gear for Jedi's and lightsabers, and you just have them flipping around lightsabering. Win? <laughs> well, yeah, but like, can you force jump that high? Oh my god, I just want to see it. That that is. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Animators out there, make it happen. Uh, okay, OP two, Wings of Freedom. Again, Link Horizon. They're back for another OP. Second half of season one. Right. Thoughts? Well, well no. What are your thoughts? OP two, go. Uh, I like that it starts like a national anthem. I love yes. that. Uh, is that the one that's patriotic? But then it kicks into this really hard rocking guitar. Yes. And I think it's almost impossible to follow up opening OP1 because 
it is so iconic. It it changed the game. But I think it's there's a really good case here to be made for Wings of Freedom. The yeah. visuals, like Armin covered in blood and looking at the candle, mm. and some really cool uh, ODM gear shots make this a very strong contender okay so where does it oh, oh come on are you gonna keep me waiting till the end where where does i'm gonna i'm gonna wait to the end oh. i want to hear your rankings okay I okay hear what so i i put this third i put this third third yeah good yeah strong okay. i think i know what your number two is okay <laughs> um, i would be very surprised i think that we're maybe going to be very similar here okay potentially okay number th- number three dedicate your hearts yes um for season two uh this was again linked to horizon because at this point you don't have a season two four years later without them, right? Okay. What are we going for? Um, I've put them. I've put them third. Uh, no, fourth. Sorry, I've put them fourth. Um, in this, I think I'm trying. Try, I can't again. I can't really remember it. I'm not sure why. Which one was this? Describe it to me. This was the core getting ready to go to battle, and then as they got ready, they jumped off the wall, and uh, it's lots of that. There's one sequence where the colossal titan swings like you said earlier you sweep yeah this is a strong op it's very, it's good like the colossal titan sweeps and the debris flying and we see all the different members of the core like zipping around mikasa grabs Eren and then spins him and throws him tree transforms it's so pretty it is and it, it the, the soundtrack throws back to the original um a little bit yeah. i feel it i feel like it's definitely got Similar beats and similar notes. Um, so yeah. And that chorus, man. That's Sasageo, Sasageo. Yeah, it oh. is. It's big. It is big. I, so yeah, that's, that's down in fourth, but that's only because the others are so good. Um, it's not a criticism of that really. It's just, mm. yeah. Time for number four. The kind of the, the black sheep of the OPs here. This is Red Swan mm. by, uh, Yoshiki and Hyde, who are both two huge rock stars here in japan yeah i like it i kind i really like the way that the the really detailed character animation works with this really low-key and almost like a ballad this beautiful ballad of um as it focuses on the relationships of the different characters we see erin mikasa and armin all walking together levi and kenny and their dichotomy erwin pining for his father historia and her mother and there's this wonderful cut of young Eren bumping into old Eren as he's staring out across the sea, which I think just is that perfect turning point for the character. What did you think of Red Swan? Uh, not good. Didn't like it. Uh, I, th- I think what you said about the visuals is fine, but what I need from Attack and Titan is their soundtrack. I need that big bombastic music that just gets me hyped for... Mm. what's to come i think i'm just listening to the next one i'm just listening to the next one. <laughs> again see this is why i so i put that dead last i put four dead last op4 dead last mm-hmm. because it just didn't have what i wanted and op5 wasn't exactly phenomenal but it goes above that because it's more bombastic it's got that hype it's got that energy um and that's what i wanted from my ops the utter balls of linked horizon to come back after following in Hyde's footsteps and the first melody that plays is the exact same as OP1. <laughs> like you listen to that first 30 seconds yeah. of, of OP5, it's different words, but the same melody. Okay. And then even the last little bit of the song, the lyrics actually call back to OP2 and to OP3 as well. Okay. So it, this is kind of their swan song right. to okay. the franchise. Okay. Because... OP6 
is completely off the wall. Yeah, that's my number two. That That is what would top it if it wasn't for the original. I love it. I just, uh, going into it with the, everything we've learned about Attack on Titan, it's, yeah. it, it's a deliberate shift and it's a well-appreciated shift in my opinion because as it's not as bombastic to, at the beginning. It sort of is a bit more chilled out at the beginning, but it just builds and it's got this... And builds and builds. Oh, it's just that. It's just that... Um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's uh, like we just, I, I don't know whether it's offensive to say it reminds me of sort of World War Two, Germ- Nazi propaganda. Germany propaganda. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I don't know where that there's obviously some, they've, they've done that deliberately. I don't exactly. know. I don't know what, the, where, what makes it that, but it clearly triggered something in my brain. It's the imagery. It's the, it's the imagery. But it's that beat. It, again, it's, it's that, so... it's that uh, almost military sort of. It's yeah, it's very controversial for getting rid of the band that has made Attack on Titan as big as it is and to bring in this kind of more um low key and even the visuals are very, very different. It's not ODM gear zipping around, there's barely any Titans in it until one particular shot of them falling from the sky and then the like almost this Renaissance style cloud painting of them at the very end of the op yeah and i don't know it just makes this really uneasy atmosphere i feel like i feel like there must be it's perfect i feel like there must be eastern european maybe russian or even even german sort of stylistics put into this i feel like that's where it must come from um that that feeling Mm. of sort of uh war and and the world wars and stuff so and it's called my war War, regime and everything yeah it's called my war yeah Oh, and it's, it's beautiful. It's so good, and and it's the perfect op for a show that, in a meta sense, yeah. has completely shifted. Not only the genre has changed, but the studio changed as well at this point. Oh wow! For the final season, so interesting. It really carves its own um, path. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Any uh, what? Any big changes to my order? So I've gone op one, op six. OP two, three, five, four. A little bit different. I agree with you on Crimson Bow and Arrow at number one because okay. Attack on Titan is that song. Right. You hear just even those first two seconds and yep. you know exactly what it is. Yeah. My War number two. Yeah. Because, I don't know, again, like we just explained, it's incredible. Okay, um, good. And I think it's just that, that top, perfect kind of send off. Top two the same. Number three, Red Swan. Very interesting. You who put yeah. it last? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I just really, I like Hyde as a singer, so maybe I'm a bit biased. But okay. also, I just thought that because season three is a little bit calmer, there is that more intrigue to it. So I think that mm. that change of pace is interesting before ramping back up to Linked Horizon. Uh, number four for me, Wings of Freedom. Yeah. The national anthem into the guitar. Yeah. I don't need to say anything more. It's great. Five, I put as Dedicate Your Hearts, the season two one. Yeah. And then season three, part two as number six. And that's not to say that it's the worst. It's just, they're all very good. They are. In like, terms of ranking. As a collective, these are all phenomenal soundtracks. Um, they're bangers. It's, 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 bangers. it's really impressive. Um, obviously, how many did Link to Horizon do then? Link to Horizon sitting in with one, two, three, four. Yeah. And... They also did, uh, so when it went to Red Swan in season three, part two, 
Link to Horizon then instead did the ED. Okay, for right. That, yeah. uh, season. A lot of influence by then. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's that Germanic, because they always bring German words into it, and a lot of their song titles are in German. Um. And I think that reflects in the Attack on Titan world. That There's a lot of symbolism there. Yes, that absolutely. Reflects. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. I think, look, that's a really, really good place to... to move into the final segment where we're going to look at our favorite action scenes i don't we we haven't planned this we don't know where it's going to go we'll try and keep it snappy but i i just want us to appreciate the quality of the action in this the quality of those battle scenes the big moments that unique it is that a lot of people watch this show for i guess especially early doors because i think you 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 hook a whole new audience when you release season four and it has those massive twists but up until that point the action is a lot of what carries this and you are waiting for those titan battles and the odm scenes and that is what hooks you in early doors so i don't know is there anything that you that jumps out as sort of the pinnacle of what this show does in terms of fighting and action scenes there's twofold for me okay there's the titan on titan battles yeah and then there's the odm gear on titan battles okay so let's go for best of best let's go for best best okay. best of best of both of them so Titan. i just realized my my absolute favorite actually doesn't conform to either of those categories <laughs> but i'll get to that i'll get to that at the end is it yeah. is it Aaron just pounding on um on uh, what's he called armin just pounding on armin. It's just across the table this is why we haven't you want to know why we've never fought it's because it's not a fair fight oh Ooh. just knees to the face again it, it, that again Jeez. I, I joke but it is brutal and it, it's filled with mm. so much emotion that it has to be up there but um okay so titan versus titan let's do titan versus titan who's your favorite tvt I would go for one of the Aaron versus Reiners because he's fought against this guy like three separate times, three different rounds. But in terms of Titan v. Titan, as its most complete and maybe interesting battle, yeah. I've got to say Aaron versus Warhammer. And by virtue, Aaron versus Warhammer and Jaw. Yeah. Jaw comes into that fight as well. Yeah. That's good. It's just this really interesting... Aaron has, at this point, mastered using a titan he mm. knows when to get in and out he knows how to harden he's got knowledge of how other titan fighters might like might battle and it all coming together and his awareness of the the fight around he's him the so powers calm. That he's going up against he's so calm yeah. throughout the whole thing he's just analyzing and it's so, again it's just this shift in Eren's character that is very welcome and it's just impressive to see him not overreact. He's he's just pulling things out of the bag, left, right, and center. You never really feel Absolutely. like he's going to lose, even when he's in dire situations. Okay, yeah. I will. And then, then to oh, go end with him using the jaw to turn the warhammer into a delicious slurpee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is just one of the most badass moments. Yeah. Okay. I will counter that then and go for a okay. Eren versus Reiner fight because I think the second, okay. I think it's the second one when they're outside the wall, <clears throat> they're just outside the wall and they've, it's, it's when they do the reveal. Is that the, is that the second? Uh, is that the first that's, one? that's round one. That's round one. Okay. So I think round one is, Great battle. is an incredible battle because 
Aaron doesn't have complete control over his Titan form at this stage. He's getting there, but it's like mm-hmm. his fighting style is so erratic. And he's but in this fight, he owns the attack Titan. Yeah. And you think he's gonna win. And he's because he's learned how to defeat it. He's learned strategy. He's learned he's it's that big shift in I'm not just this attack titan i actually can control this thing and point it in the direction that i want to Uh, to a point where you see it overpower reiner and you're like yes okay he's gonna get that win yeah and then they kick you down so quickly yeah sorry can't have you winning too much (laughs) and i I, i'll i can't remember who who the youtuber was so apologies for not crediting you but the line was um something like uh and erin's you think Aaron's going to win and then Bertold uh, ragdolls into them. Uh, and it's just this, it, you just see him ragdoll. He just falls off the side and... Off the top rope, it's <laughs> the colossal titan! Just ragdolls straight down onto them and somehow, yeah, Aaron comes off worse for wear. And that that just capitulizes the... That what we were talking about earlier about Aaron just not getting a break, like doing everything yep. he can, and it's it's really cool. You get you get a lot of satis- satisfaction from that because you see him win, but then it ultimately it's not enough because they've got yeah they've got cards up their sleeves, they've got things that just he cannot compete with. At yeah. this, I'm stage. happy to give you that one. To be fair, Titan versus Titan fights. I think seeing Aaron utilizing all of his training and then. Also combined with the reveal thirty oh, seconds before God. the fight, yeah, yeah, and and because you're still reeling on that, of... you're still reeling on that, aren't you? You're like, what? And yeah. then it all just kicks off, and it's like, I don't know what's happening here, but I love it. What? And then, like, you can even bring in the Mikasa stuff from beforehand, where she just she goes for the throat. Literally, she slices Berthold across the throat. She rams her blade so deep into Reiner that it cuts his arm and his neck, <laughs> and it's just. <laughs> This girl has absolutely zero chill. Yeah, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Oh, I think that's the best awesome. uh, Titan on Titan. Okay, then let's go with ODM versus Titan. ODM versus Titan. I would say for me, that's got to be. It. It's close. It's between <laughs> Levi's Squad versus Female Titan and Survey Corps versus Beast Titan. Yeah. But I think I think Survey Core versus Beast Titan edges it out just because of the, the sheer emotion and the build up and Erwin chatting so much shit to convince these people to kill themselves. Yeah. I think Yes, okay. I will throw into I think I think that one is the outright winner. I think the moment mm. it's such a big moment. I think it, t- Levi just being awesome oh, and Levi badass, just badass. dismantling the Beast Titan. Yeah. He's just so good. <laughs> but I think also you could put into that mix when Aaron first gets eaten. Yes. That whole scene it, is swinging through. He's, he's he's charging forward. That whole across the rooftops thing is beautiful. Oh, it's amazing. You th- Such a good mesh of 3D and traditional animation. Like seeing the weight of him kicking off and zipping around. And you then he's, he just gets chomped. His legs just get chomped. Oh. Or his leg. And then... <laughs> Just you just shit. It, it's just it's one of those first moments where it's like oh my god this show is doing this okay let's see where they go with this and then you know armin gets 
potentially eaten and he is last ditch let's get Armin out of there and you see his arm get chomped and fly off oh, it's uh, the wind of it flying oh. past Armin's hair as well just yeah so oh. that is a close contender especially for that point in the show because it's such a big moment again I'll agree but and again when for me that moment in particular because I was watching it weekly and then it was episode five I was anime only and then the episode ends and I'm like oh Aaron's dead yeah great the, it's <laughs> it's a big one <laughs> great um yeah so i think yeah, I, I think it goes to erwin's charge it does it does it's so good and just that whole build-up of the rock throwing and him just mm. completely wiping out these people and they're just hemmed back like they're, they're they're losing people every single second and they just don't know what to do and it's like we're gonna have to do something big here and it's um yeah it's 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 an incredibly brutal scene um it reminds me of uh just it's target practice for the beast titan and it reminds me of last week when we were talking about blame and that scene when she's just destroying people left right and center yeah. at the end of the movie um i th- I would say to link into that as mm-hmm. well we get another classic it's, it's similar from uh erin versus ryan around one you can't have a victory for long in that the suicide charge is successful Levi gets there and we get to see him just tear the Beast Titan apart only for Peak in the cart Titan to just snatch him away and yeah. Levi just left dejected with hundreds of dead around him and yet he still picks up his blaze and keeps going again yeah. just uh, even after that loss. So even then outside of those two categories I think there is one fight for me that stands head and shoulders above the rest of what we've talked about. And- is it when Mikasa slaps Eren in season one? How did you know? <laughs> the ultimate moment. <laughs> no, it's uh, Levi versus the Kenny squad. ODM versus ODM. O- anti-personnel ODM gear as well. Yeah. I think just from a technical point of view, the animation during that five minutes where Levi is bouncing over crates and he's sliding through the wheels of wagons mm. and then he lands in the bar, he pulls the shotgun, everything about it is done with such a incredible finesse that I think for me that's my top fight of the entire series. Okay. And no Titans are involved at all. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I get why you like that. I I don't have that same I I wasn't as engaged in that as you were. I think for me it is mm. those big moments. I get I get that close combat stuff is really can be really good and dynamic. I think potentially I'd probably just seen too much ODM gear. I do you know what I do I do like is in the yeah. chamber um odm yes. odm gear versus versus odm gear because that's when like it's a bit more planned you see a bit more of the strategy behind it and they they use a bit more yeah planning in there to yeah fight against each other in, in these big pillars it's very set up for odm gear um mm. yeah that's a really fun scene as well um but cool Right. Yeah, nice. Sam, to wrap things up, we're going to talk about predictions. We're going to end with what we what we think is going to happen. Now, I realise as I'm saying this that you've read the manga and know what's going to happen. Uh, so, so I just get to sit here and you do just get to deviously. Okay. Yeah, you could you can ask me questions if there's anything that you want. What do you think about this? How do you think this is going to be resolved? Because I am mm. I I've really only I haven't thought long and hard about this. My main thing 
is that Annie is going to be big in this somehow. <laughs> because Yeah, I mean, she's been sitting in the wings for a while. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty easy assumption to make. Like, she wouldn't still be in it at this stage if she didn't come back in some way. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how that dynamic works. Um, I just, I think there's going to be a massive Titan clash with whoever's, with, you've got, you'll probably have Annie, um, you'll have Reiner, you'll have, Oh, will it be like a three-way? Oh, that sounds weird. A three-way ti- Titan clash. With the female Titan. <laughs> with, well, you might have Eren and his brother Zeke versus... Mm-hmm. Where are they all? The, I'm trying to position all the Titans in my head. Do the Eldians have any Titans? Do they have any Titans? Eldians have Colossal. They've got Armin. They've got Armin, yes. Yeah, big literally literally yeah so you've got armin on what it's a three-way fight between armin you've then got zeke and Eren, <laughs> and then you've you've got the uh jaw cart jaw cart and and armored armored jaw cart armored versus yeah i think that founding attack warhammer beast versus colossal yeah oh that's that, that that just on a landscape would be pretty impressive uh, if it happens in a town, that is a hell of a lot of animation to be prepared for because there's going to be a lot of destruction. Oh, yeah. If it happens on the fields, potentially not as good because it almost loses scale. Um, mm. But again... As of the end of the final season, with the Marlians airdropping into Paradise, Yes. How do you think that's going to go? I think Aaron will be prepared for this. I think there will be tricks that he's going to play because he hasn't used the Warhammer power yet. And I think that's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. I think in my head, if I was him, I would be making spears and launching them at the airships to just puncture straight through those airships, yeah, bring them down, bring them down. Okay. I think strategy wise, the Marlians have always thrown Titans at people. So potentially, <laughs> you know, just drop them out. A of carpet blips. bombing of Titans. Yeah. So potentially they'll try that. But we de- is Zeke there at this point? Zeke is with Levi. Oh, he's been... And has exploded. Yes, he has exploded. But he's been put in the <laughs> stomach of another Titan somehow. <laughs> yes. A new development there. Very bizarre. Um, ah. I was thinking... So he's still in the game, but not near the battle no, that's about to happen. Pretend- I was, I was going to suggest that if he can touch him, <laughs> if, if Eren can touch a royal member maybe Hestia's there or something i don't know i'm trying to think mm. who else is in the royal family that has royal blood if if he can touch hestia then maybe he can con- they'll launch titans at them but then he can control those titans and turn them Ooh. back against them that would be cool there's That'd loads cool. of ways you could get, go with it and i'm not expecting to be able to predict it i don't really want to in that sense because mm. i think one of the good don't want to think about it too much you just want to experience yeah, yeah. It for what it is. i don't want to come up with a better solution than they do you know which is very very <laughs> plausible with my uh you need to tell that to the attack on tyson reddit <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm kidding obviously there's no way i can i i'll, I'll be able to predict that this show has d- done such a good job of its storytelling it's phenomenal yeah any any other outlandish predictions to that i can know yeah what do you think yeah. is going to happen to Eren? Because we have, of course, he's betrayed all of his friends and he's got this own faction. Yeah. What do you think is going on there? 
Yeah, I mean, they hinted to it that that potentially there was a bigger game afoot because someone says something about, well, why did he meet with you? Why did he, why did he say all these things? There must be some reason that he's done this. I don't know whether it's, I, I don't know whether there's a redemption for him to be on. Uh, I don't know. There's still a part. Can he be redeemed? There's still a part of me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a really tricky question. And again, it's what the show does so well. I don't know where I stand yeah. with Aaron at the minute, and which is what intrigues me so much about that character. And I love that he's gone dark. I think potentially there is a redemption there. Whether I want that or not is a different matter. I don't know if I do. Yeah. Maybe I want him to fall on his sword at the end. Sort of, you know, last ditch tries to but like the hatred there's no way as a kid he hated mikasa and armin the way he said that so i just don't buy that Mm. i feel like mm, i don't know i don't know it's hard i don't know we'll we'll just have to wait and see we'll find out when this when this airs i think we'll have like a couple of days before it, it starts airing again so it'll be very very exciting right i think we leave it there it's gonna it's it's gonna be big i'm agreed i'm excited um Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you, everyone, to who's listened this far. Le- this is probably a, w- one of our longest podcasts in a while, but I think we've done a good job of pulling everything together. In- that we can. That we I can. mean, we've, we've been covering four seasons of a very dense anime. And I think that we to get through as much as we have done in an hour and a half is... Yeah. I think impressive. I think you guys need to let us know your favorite moments, anything that we've Absolutely. missed that you really wanted us to talk about. Um, maybe as after the show's aired, we can uh, do another episode at some point where we go over the final part and recap any yeah. bits that we think, oh, I wish I'd talked about that. So make sure you hit us up and let us know what we need to talk about in that episode. Um, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, give us your thoughts, follow us on social media things uh, at Gateway to the Anniverse. Just everywhere. And yeah, I guess we'll leave it there and we'll see you next week for a brand new anime series and take care. But we'll always be thinking about Attack on Titan. Or the back of our minds, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.